Overdose Radio Podcast. Grant Chapel, Steve Maven, Darren Brown. <laughs> Chaps is red hot here, so my phone was running hot there for a while, but. Could you catch him? Well, only if I got a bit of a start. <laughs> it's great for rugby league, but more importantly, it's great for the mighty Rabbitohs. Welcome to another edition of Rabbitohs Radio. My name is Grant Chapel, joined by two former Rabbitohs Darren Brown, Steve Maven. What's going on, boys? Hello, chaps. Hello, Brownie. Yeah, good day, boys. How are we all? Yeah, not too bad, mate. We're right in the thick of that lockdown, but we're, we're coming off another win. It was, you know, it wasn't wasn't pretty, but sometimes you just got to get the two points, boys. Yeah, well, uh, like you said, chaps, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. It wasn't pretty, but uh, lockdown, geez, it's just like Groundhog Day in my household. You're pretty much doing the same thing every day. I've just purchased a uh, indoor spin bike and just doing a little bit of fitness at home. But yeah, just get up, go to work and. You know, you've got to do what you've got to do. What about you, Maver? Yeah, a bit of the same, mate. Because we work at the wharves, we're considered essential workers, so still got to go to work. Not much has changed, but it's really killing me. They've shut my gym, Virgin Active, where young Talis Duncan works, and it's killing me because I used to love going having a swim there, doing some weights, working on some of the exercise machines. And now all I can do is go walking, which is... Bit, a little bit boring, but anyway, we'll get through it. What about you, chaps? How are you going in ISO there with the family? I know, yeah, well, three young kids trying to homeschool them and all that, but most of the time they're, they're home alone. The missus works in the office out the back and they're doing their best. But, um, well, Saturday morning I woke up to have a cup of coffee and I noticed there wasn't much water in my kettle, so I popped the lid on it and went to put some water in. I noticed it was full of pasta. So my, my eight-year-old daughter at home, she's trying to have a crack at making, making food and stuff. She's, she's killed me Schmeg kettle. Also have one of those um, thermo mixes. And if anyone knows about them, they cost a fortune. She didn't put the bottom on properly and, and poured milk right through the thing. doesn't work. hasn't worked since. So I'm looking at invoice um, Gladys for this. She's going to might get an invoice for about, about two and a half grand very shortly. Oh, I'm looking forward to having a coffee that doesn't taste like pasta. Put it that way. <laughs> but other than that, you are enjoying spending time with the family, chaps. No, no, it's good. Yeah, you can spend a little more time with them, um, walking the dog, getting them up the park and that. It's, uh, getting out the board games, mate. Bit of Monopoly and, and whatnot and Trivial Pursuit. Yeah. And we I'm undefeated yeah. there, Trivial Pursuit. And we shared some good photos yeah. of the kids with the beanies on, with the dog. Very... Uh, they came up really well, those shots. Yeah, they did. They're good beanies. They're fantastic beanies. Um, we just about got rid of all of them, Ava. We, not that we all had a lot of them, but uh, we might do a second batch, boys. What do you think? Well, maybe next winter because it was a bit of a process to get them and get them done, but we'll see how they go. If there's enough demand, enough people want them, we'll, we can make that happen. Anyway, boys, uh, Rabbitohs Radio podcast, we've got to do that. Brought to you by... What if it's Aussie for travel? Now, there's not a lot of travelling going on at the moment, boys, and I wonder how What If is standing up, but uh, they're a great sponsor of the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs and the podcast network. So what if, um, you know, as soon as we get back travelling, don't forget to book your holidays through What If. I booked um, to go up to the Sunshine Coast next week. Obviously, it's not going to happen. We're in lockdown, but it was so easy. 
to jump on, use that promo code, um, Rabbitohs15. Bang, I got airfares within within minutes. It was fantastic talking through what if, so I recommend that to anyone. Now, we might get, get straight on to the show, boys. We're going to recap that crazy win over the Bulldogs last night. I mean, it was like four seasons in one day. All sorts of things happened. We're also going to chat to Tane Milne, uh, boom winger, who, who's had a bit of a, a mixed journey, but he looks like he's found a home at the Rabbitohs. And now remembering a Rabbitoh this week is another bloke from the early 80s, Robert Truck Simpkins. And we preview that clash against the Warriors up there at Sunshine Coast Stadium, 3 p.m. Saturday. Rip in, boys. Well, in breaking news, Tane has been called away to a, a team meeting, so he won't be with us today, but we've brought in a substitute guest by the name of Joe O'Callaghan, the Rabbitohs Pathways Manager, and he's going to come on for a chat. And we're going to try and get Tane during the week just for a standalone interview. It'd be good to uh, talk to Joe. Be good, sorry, mate. It'd be good to talk to Joe just to see what's happening with the young kids and in these tough times, it's very hard to develop them. So they're losing out a lot. Obviously, they're going to have to stay indoors and do a lot of their their fitness training at home, but they're not getting the skill level. And uh, and it's been like that for the last two years, hasn't it, boys? Mm, it's tough. It has. Yeah, very a tough. A lot of the young blokes aren't getting game time. And it'll be interesting to talk to Joe about how recruitment's changed in the past sort of 24 months. Uh, just to, as to how, how do you identify these blokes if they're not playing? What are you yeah, going on? Right. Um, Zoom press conferences or you're going off measurements, how high and how fast they are or whatever. But, you know, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to, to see how recruitment goes over the next um, year or so. All right. We'll ask Joe that in a little while. But tomorrow is our second anniversary, two years into the day. That was July the 20th, 2019. We made our very first episode of Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. So we should be pretty proud of that, boys, that we've made it through two years and we've come a long way from... The first show was recorded on my iPhone in Brownie's lounge, uh, dining room, where he's sitting right now. And we just put it out. The audio was a bit ordinary. And now we've two years down the track. We're sitting here via Zoom with all the technology. And in other news, this week we bought two more laptops. So you're looking at, if you're listening now, you can't see this, but Brownie and Chaps are on their new laptops. So thank you to our sponsors. And we also bought some lapel mics. So we're all mic'd up. And hopefully you can tell the difference in the quality of our pitches and our audio. And thank you to our three major sponsors, NG Farrow Real Estate, the Juniors Group of Clubs and Export Freight Systems for making that possible for us. Just going back to that, Mavo, you said you did say that um, we've been going two years and a, a big uh, congratulation to us all and to all the listeners out there. I was on another podcast only recently, the Rugby League Guru, and we are talking about the two-year anniversary and uh, I did indicate to him that we come in uh, to the podcast world with no idea, and now we have some sort of idea, but still so much to learn about the podcast world, and uh, we're enjoying the ride. Yeah, and one of the things that I find so rewarding, chaps, and you'll agree with this, is our loyal listeners and fans that we've created. I mean, that is sensational that we've created some people that never listened to podcasts before, and now they're avid, now they love our show. And we've got blokes like Rabs down in Tasmania and your Beck Eakins, and they really they look forward to the show. They listen every week, and that is so good that we have, from humble beginnings, we've created this listenership and fan base that enjoy what we do. Yeah, it's I mean, it's sort of been a bit of a whirlwind for a couple of years. We've we've been learning on the run, but um, 
I'm enjoying it, mate. I, I, I love, I love talk, as I said many times on the program, I just love talking about the mighty Sassini Rabbitohs. I'll do it underwater. I don't care. I'll do it on the moon. We'll talk yeah. about the Sassini Rabbitohs week in, week out. There's yeah. no off season. Like dropping in the Rabideaus. background too, chaps. Yeah, Yeah, that's actually Phil Blake's. That's actually Phil Blake's jersey in 1989. I won it in a raffle at Marcelin in, in year seven. I bought the last raffle ticket in the morning, and bang, my ticket come out on top, and and away you go. I'm pretty sure it was uh, Jeff Orford who pulled the pulled the ticket out, the winning ticket out. Former Rooster, former Rabbitoh. Yep, good bloke. Yep. I remember Jeff. Before we move on, we've, you might have seen we've done some posts. We've still got the beer coasters, which is they're sensational quality. Thanks to Jeff from Pubs and Clubs, two for twenty bucks. We've got heaps of them, so we'll send a we'll provide a link in the show notes to purchase those in our episode webpage. Please support the show because, like we said, we're always buying equipment, buying new apparel. We want to get some t-shirts made, so help us out. You can't go wrong having a beer, watching the footy. With Rabbitohs Radio and, like we said, we're trying to get a YouTube channel. Rabbitohs TV is our new dimension that we've opened up. That's what you're watching us on now. And some of the beer coasters you get these days aren't real good quality. They are dead set A1 quality, aren't they? They are. They are. And they're not too thick. So the beers now that are, you know, it's very smug in there too. So they're they're, they're very good and good quality. I I got a couple to uh, former Rabbitohs. Brad Taff, uncle of um, Blake, and also Darren yesterday and his cousin Bo, and they, that's one thing they commented on. The really good quality, the stitching at the bottom. Some of them come apart. Some mm-hmm. of those cheaper ones from from Bali and that, but mate, these are these are spot on. Really good quality. We might move straight on to that recap of that game up there at the Gold Coast last night, where it, it was a wild game, and we lost three players on the run. And we knocked them off 32 points to 24. It was 18 all there for a while. The game was in the balance. I thought we started well. I thought, but we just we just weren't um, polished at the back end of the sets to try and uh, put the points over the over the line. Um, Alex Johnson was sharp. Cody Walker, uh, but it was all set up by uh, a bloke on his hundredth game who scored a try. Mark Nichols. Uh, he had a good game, boys. Yeah, well, he certainly did, and. Nico was one of the, the great performers and, you know, one of the stars of, of the game, especially in his 100th game. But like you said, chaps, I thought we we got off to a flyer. You know, we uh, got out to a 10-0 lead and looked like it was going to be a cricket score early on, um, you know, completing seven out of eight sets in, in the first 15 minutes. And uh, we dominated field position. And then all of a sudden, a couple of opportunities didn't go our way. Jaden Sewer missed a, an opportunity to score a try. And then they got a seven-tackle set. And on the back of that, Adam Reynolds kicks out on the full. And all of a sudden, the Bulldogs go back-to-back. And all of a sudden, they're 12-10 they're up. And, um, you know, they were in for the contest. They, they definitely unsettled our attack. Uh, they turned up in defence. And it was just, you know, when you speak to people about when we play the Bulldogs... They always say they, they're the trouble. They're the team that trouble us, and they certainly did. Uh, they didn't play well themselves, but uh, you know they were in a position to to win the game. But on the back of they scrambled of well, up, Brownie. They really scrambled. If you have a look at the stats, if I just had a look at the stats and where we're on the table and where they are, possession fifty nine percent of the Rabbitohs, forty one of the Bulldogs. You'd think we won by fifty. Yeah. So you got you got to take your hat off to their scrambling defense. They're real spoiling. They're really getting up and up and in and, and shooting up in the centers and 
and jamming it on the edges, and it really um, unsettled us at times, boys. Well, it did. Well, it did, and like you said, Brandy, they kicked, we kicked out on the full. We invited them into the contest, and they took full advantage of that. And it was tight at half time. And then, what about after half time, walking off the field? The, I called it the 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 Lewis lunacy. What was he thinking? I know. <laughs> I know Cody can be a bit cheeky and, you know, he was probably saying something that fired him up and all of a sudden he's, Lachlan Norris has tackled Cody and then Cameron Murray straight in, dives straight in and to back his mate up. But have you ever seen anything like that, boys? And what was going well, on? No, no, well, uh, it's come out now that he's only received a fine, so he hasn't been charged for the incident and it's probably cost him his team the win, really, because uh, in, in that 10 minutes that he was off, we... We scored a try and kicked the goal, and that, that's the amount of points that we won by. But just going back to the incident, it all started probably, you know, a couple of seconds before that when Cody went down the short side and was pulled up short uh, of the try line right on the hooter. Mm -hmm. And there was a few words said then, and it sort of like continued off as they were walking off the field. And, mm. um, you know, I love the way Cody plays. He reminds me of a, another former Rabbitoh, uh, Targa Coleman, who was very good with the verbal. And he's always getting under players' skins. And, and look, it worked. Uh, Cody did the job. And and what about the third man in? Our very own Cameron Murray. What a <laughs> what a legend. Drive straight he gave in. An old, he gave an old school head down, didn't he? Like an old spud or something at school. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, what, do you reckon, what do you reckon he said, boys? Um, I, look, I personally, I've got an opinion. I reckon he said, look, mate, I know your uncle's the king, but you'll never be the king, son. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe he said you, you wouldn't tackle a baked dinner. Tugger had them all. But just going back to the game, boys, yeah, look, um, they definitely unsettled us. And the concerning part is that the Bulldogs weren't great either and, and they were in a position to win the game. And they, I heard Trent Barrett say, oh, look, I don't look much into their stats. I only really concentrate on ours. But... They only had four clean sets of play on our try line. So we definitely dominated, um, you know, field position in that area. And, you know, then four sets, they came up with a couple of tries. So, you know, uh, if we're to go a long way in this competition, we've got to improve our goal line defence and start turning teams away when they get down there, especially the teams uh, with, poor, you know, not so good attack with uh, like the Bulldogs. Yeah. And a couple of other facts in this game, obviously our superstar Latrell Mitchell, Latrell, he had a rest. And I thought Taffy went pretty good, young Blake. He, he looks dangerous every time he gets the ball. He, he didn't make, I don't think he made any mistake at all. He's in position all the time and, and he's just running that ball back great. So he was a great replacement. And then the other couple of talking points, obviously Keon Kalamatangi. He's ran for 238 run metres in 21 runs, but... 125 of those metres were post-contact metres, which I just actually calculated. 52.52% of his metres were post-contact. That's after he's tackled. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's that's yeah. awesome. And he's just getting better and better all the time. And he's one of the reasons that we're playing bad and still winning because guys like that are doing that that for us. One yeah, of probably one of the best games. Play the, play the full 80, Brownie, too. Yeah, he did, mate. And... Uh, I text uh, you boys after the game, and that's probably one of the best games I've seen Keon play. His involvement, like you said, Chaps, he played 80 minutes. He moved from the edge to the middle. Um, you know, he was barnstorming with some of his runs. Uh, did a little bit of ball playing as well. So he's mixing his game up outstandingly 
over the last couple of weeks. And what a great game I, I, I thought he had. And I thought our, I thought all our big men were really good. I thought Tom Burgess was good. And the man we're going to talk about probably a little bit later in, in this recap, Mark Nichols. His first stint um, in that first 15 minutes, he nearly came up with three tries himself. I don't know whether they were all looking to get him the ball so he could uh, cross over for a try, but that happened later in the game. I thought they were all really good, uh, big man. He was unlucky, Nico. He only played 38 minutes. you think he was out there all game, but in 38 minutes, he's had 190 metres and scored a try. That's not about not about adding for a front row, boys. 38 yeah. minutes. He's out. Well, it was a fair... He's on pace. Was he, was on, a, he was on pace for 400 metres. <laughs> it was a fairy tale 100th game. Could it have been any better? I mean, that try, when he just lobbed in the right place at the right time, like all the good footballers are, your Terry Lambs, your, um, your Nathan Merritt's, they're there when the ball is there, and here he's lobbed. Yeah, Darren Brown. I, le- I leapt out of my lounge chair, and that was sensational to see Nico score a try that probably put us out of reach of the doggies at that stage. So couldn't have been any better, could it? He just about snatched it out of Hosty's hand, didn't he? Come back on the angle, and yeah. it did have a bit of razzle dazzle, Darren Brown, about that. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and, and, and if you go back, if you go back and see where Nico came from to score that try. He just followed the ball. He, he, he look obviously thought there was going to something was going to happen, and just put himself in the right position at the right time. And that's just the type of player he is, and that's why the boys love playing with him. Yep. Uh, that's why he's got a starting position because he just gives everything. He gives a hundred percent every time he takes the field. Just one of them old school hmm. footballers, front rower, just does his job and is in the right spot at the right time. You only got to look at the way the boys celebrated when he turned around. Like Gagai was just going mad, like they won the grand final. Yeah. They mugged him, and yeah. I mean, Cookie went wild when they said, "Oh, he's just—you can what, tell he's just such yeah. a popular guy, isn't he?" And he had, he know? copped a whack in the mouth. He had a bit of claret coming off. So the close-up of him on the screen was was all time. But what about the little moment after that when Big Tommy got out the budgies, the Galas pies budgies? <laughs> <if you laughs> like Big on me. Yeah, he, he is big on meat, big Tommy. He loves a he loves a dog's eye, a pie. So he that was always the one. Shout out the guy. Flasher, eh, Tommy? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was a good moment. And also, what we haven't mentioned is we're going to have him on today. And we're going to talk to him about it. We'll talk to him about it when we get him on tomorrow or the next day. Tane Milne scores another try. So in the four years that he was at the Warriors and the Dragons and the Warriors, scored one try. He's been here and played seven games. He scored six tries. So the production's certainly gone up. He scored six tries in the last four games, all consecutively, including a hat trick. So, yeah, some story that blokes like Mark Nichols, who's he's like a bit like a Benjamin Button, and so it looks like Tane Milne is as well. Is as well. He's on the improve all the time. Yeah. He's it's it's a good story. I really like how he's going. Yeah, look, we've spoke, we spoke about Tane a couple of times on the show and on the podcast before, and. He really, he really taken since his debut. I think it was against the Sharks um, on Magic Round. I think it might have been. Yes. And look, he's really, really taken his opportunity, hasn't he? Uh, we've got a, another winger in the waiting who's got loads of experience in Josh Mansour, and he, and he's holding his position, Tane. And mm. how can you leave him out with his barnstorming runs and and he's getting the ball over the try line as well. Like you said, Mavo, he scored the, that first try yesterday and a hat-trick the week before. And, you know, it's not only – what about some of his defence? He's up and in defence. Yes, he came in yesterday on. and, yeah, put two great shots on. 
uh, which cut the play down. And that's what's similar to what the Bulldogs was doing to our attack, you know, that up and in defence and mm. making the right decisions. That's what it's all about. And um, speaking of Tane Mill being on one wing, now we're going to have to find another winger by the looks of it. Alex Johnson, he hasn't quite got scans yet, but early diagnosis looks like two to four weeks, boys. Um, he was one, one of the hottest try screen streaks in, in 100-plus years of rugby league. Scored 17 tries in seven games, boys. Uh, he was on 32 line breaks. He had 24 tries this season. And I think um, Wadey spoke about it on, on the YouTube video he just put out there on Rabbitohs, uh, from the Rabbitohs News was... He had a bit of a history of it three or four years ago. He's had a bit of luck the last couple of years and he's been in fantastic form. Who comes in for him? Um, Maybe I might start with you, but who would you bring in? Well, I was just going to mention him because it's a guy that uh, Tane has been keeping out of first grade as well as the source. The rock star action, uh, action uh, Jackson Paula. So he's a, he's, he's a finisher as well. So there's two and I don't know if it's going to come into contention that it's a left wing spot and which of those boys suited better to the left. I suspect it's going to be the source because, this, you know, Josh probably deserves his chance. But um, so does Jackson Paulo. Jackson Paulo. He, he's a great young player and he won't let anyone down. I'm pretty sure Jackson was named in the 21 this week along with Josh Mansour. So mm. look, the beauty about um, at the moment when we've got, well, yesterday we got a, picked up a few injuries, but the, the beauty about it is that we've got a little bit of depth there. Uh, in Josh Mansour, Braden Burns, who, who filled that role yesterday. Obviously, mm-hmm. Braden's uh, preferred position is centre, but he could he could fill a spot on the wing. And like you said, Mavo, uh, Jackson Paulo, who is uh, hasn't played a game since he, he was injured, but he seems to be ready by being named in, in the side or in the 21 this weekend or last weekend. Mm. True. All right, let's roll into Rabbitohs news, brought to you by the Genius Group of Clubs, the Rabbitohs home away from home, the place to play while the bunnies are away. And I don't think they're open yet, the juniors, but they'll be back. Let's get past all this. Let's hope we can, everyone get vaccinated, we get back to normal and we can all go up the juniors into either the juniors Kingsford, the juniors Malabar, the juniors Maroubra or the juniors on the Hawkesbury. So, chaps, you just touched on it then. AJ, that's big news. That's... We're going to have to wait and see this scans. We've also heard them talk that it looks like Liam Knight might need another week off because he's had a few head knocks and you have to be cautious with that. That was a brutal knock there and just shows how tough host he is, the Qantas host he shook it off and he said that he'd probably be right to play this week against the Warriors. Also, Campbell Graham, he had a head knock and it looks like he's going to be okay as well. So hopefully that's just those boys. And they, they did mention Hame Sele, the ham salad that they think it was just a, a slight calf strain, but they're being cautious and that might be another week away. Better off to be cautious with those calf strains. You don't want to be going aggravating that. So that's the news there. And He's the also getting scans today as well. So mm. uh, they'll know further how much damage was done. They thought uh, the calf strain was going to um, heal a little bit quicker than what it did. So after the scans and they get the results, they will know how much damage is done there and, I'll be able to get a better guide. True. Now, also, chaps, a big milestone in the game last night. Renault, our champion captain halfback. He was the sixth fastest player of all time to reach 1,800 points. 
which is a huge achieve, achievement in the in the this great game of ours, the six fastest to get to those points. And what that does now is sits him just 41 points behind the legendary Eric Sims. 1,841 points is the Rabbitohs record. And now there's a big challenge coming with Renault, who's obviously going next year, as we all know. Will he get those 41 points before the end of the season? I suspect he will, probably well before the end of the season, but... What why, don't, you, why don't you ask him just behind you, Mavo? He's behind you. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> what do you think, Adam? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, it's a shame he's going, but let's hope it's up. But we're going to be talking about this for a long time about who's going to play seven next year. Should we have a quick talk about that now? Who have you who you got for me, boys? Well, we'll just touch on the uh, the record uh, that that hopefully he will achieve. And look, he really deserves it. I believe he's our premiership winning halfback. And look, uh, he holds the record for the most amount of games for this club. And look, it'd be nice for him to to have another record uh, as you know the highest point scorer for this uh, you know famous and, and rich in history, mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs. What are your thoughts, chaps? What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, he's I think he's thirty nine points behind at the moment. Maybe he, he's on eighteen hundred and two points at the moment. There you go. Um, so 39 points in what is it seven games to go now all up I, I think it's achievable that's in the regular um, season yeah in the regular season um you know you, you throw the finals in we've got another couple of games there I, I think he um I think he gets it without a problem in the world barring an injury look, look fingers crossed let's hope um the captain doesn't get injured um his goal kicking in the last couple of weeks hasn't quite been where he, he'd want it to be I, I don't know what he's like he'd be doing a lot of extras. He'll be um, hanging around at the end of training and working on that, uh, working on his uh, kicking technique again, trying to refine it again. But every now and again, he just nails one from the sideline and you just go, oh, he's still the man. Yeah. Don't worry about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, but like you said, Chaps, he's, he's missing a few that probably he thinks he, he should be kicking as well. Uh, normally, he, he would kick some of them goals uh, that he's missed over the last few weeks. Uh, look, you'd like to think that he's going to uh, week in, week out, Barring injury, like you said, you'd like to think that he's going to kick three to four goals a game. You know, we've got a, a great attacking prowess down at both our edges. And, you know, I, I think he'll achieve that in the regular season. Don't worry about going into the uh, the finals. So also, yeah. we did before, the, the halfback situation. Now, there's been some reports during the week that we're after the MILF, Anthony Milford, and... I don't know. I think he's still got some good footy left in him. He might be one of those players that if he arrived at the Rabbitohs, it's a bit like what happened with Benji, that people didn't think he would be much good and look what he's done. So I think if you put a put him around our squad, Anthony Milford, he's an elusive ball runner, a lot of talent. What do you and but, but, uh, but also they're saying that Parramatta are trying to get him before the August one deadline. So maybe that doesn't say much for their halves, does it? That they're already trying to chase someone else. Uh, everyone's sort of been bag, bag of Mitchell Moses. I don't know if they're going to play him at seven, but and then also the Titans are, are after him as well. But the, the the news is that he will have to take a pay cut because obviously the Bronx aren't going real good. And oh, I'll, look, I'll, I'll think I'll have to take it. I've got Joe O'Callaghan in the in the waiting room now, boys. So finish that, and I'll bring Joe in. How's that? Okay, just quickly, I think he'll, he'll have to take a pay cut wherever he goes. Uh, Anthony Milford, whether it be at South, the Gold Coast, or Parramatta. But look, I, I'm quite excited about uh, if he does arrive at our club. 
JD has had the opportunity to work with him, um, you know, at the Broncos. So look, I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be excited for him to to come to the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and uh, we're just about to get Joe O'Callaghan on the line now. Yeah, so let's... he's only twenty seven years twenty seven years of age. Anthony Milford he's got played one hundred ninety two games, a lot of experience. Probably not in a great system. Get him down at the Rabbitohs, possibly with a question mark on whether or not we get him or not. And I reckon he might thrive in that system, boys. Anyway, gonna bring Joe in. Yep. So we're gonna. Roll into hey, there he is. There he is. Yeah, boys. Hey, Joe. Yeah, g'day, Joe. How are you, mate? Good, boys. How are you? Good. So this is Spotlight on the Pathways, brought to you by What If. It's Aussie for travel, and welcome, mate. How are you? Oh, mate, taking it day by day. I don't even what, what is it today? Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, mate. Uh, we're just saying the same thing, Joe. It's uh, pretty much like Groundhog Day, isn't it? You just get up and do the same thing. We're we're all fortunate that uh, we're still. Being able to work because, uh, you know, on the wharves is an essential service and, and uh, we're still being able to go to work. So we've got some sort of normality. But uh, in terms of everyone else, it's just get up and do the same thing every day. Yeah, oh, look, it's, it's hard. You just got to, uh, you know, the world's still spinning. You get on with it. And we've been through this before and we'll come out the other side again. So, uh, yeah, at the moment, uh, we'll, in regards to anything, you know, kind of elite player development-wise and, and recruitment and pathways, it's just... It zooms, it's zoom, zoom after zoom, and do what you can from home. So uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, we can get some pathways footy back on the field again this year. And if that's not the case, then uh, obviously, when community health allows us to kind of train in groups again, we'll definitely get uh, at least the Black Rabbits crew uh, back in and, and doing some hands-on work with those guys. Yeah, Joe, we're just going to touch on that. We're just going to touch on that. Sorry, Joe. We're just going to touch on that, mate. Um, in regards to the development uh, of the players, and, and it's quite hard. Obviously, they can work a lot on their fitness at home. Uh, so, what, what's your advice to the players uh, in this situation? Do you tell them to watch a lot of videos on, on players that are similar style to, to themselves? Oh, probably not for the the general pathways team. So, you know, for our for our general squads, as in the ones that are still going, which is only really now. Um, our Jersey flag squad and our, our New South Wales Cup squad. Obviously, Maddie's and Ball are done for the year. Harvey Norman women's are done for the year. Uh, so, if, you know, for the teams that uh, their seasons, uh, they're, they're not dead yet. You know, at this stage, uh, the New South Wales Rugby League is, is hoping that uh, the first weekend of August uh, on 6th and 7th, um, you know, based on, on, on health, health orders, if, if uh, New South Wales get it back to a place where community sport can kick back in again, uh, that would leave four rounds to go in the flag in the cup in a final series. So mm. for those squads, I guess the focus has just been more on their strength and conditioning uh, based areas. So uh, Ben Mussolino, who's our head of head of performance for Pathways, uh, him and his staff have done an amazing job uh, through, you know, things via Zoom and email and WhatsApp groups and stuff like that. They've been, you know, posting plenty of uh, strength and conditioning resources for the boys. Um, they were training in, in groups of 10 in their designated government areas uh, up until obviously the orders changed again. So mm. Ben had about four of his staff based out at different government areas, trying to, you know, do small sessions for the boys and keep them engaged. But now it's really up to the boys uh, themselves. I mean, they can only train in groups of two uh, within their local government area and get out. So yeah, we're just hoping that the programs that uh, Benny and his staff have been posting up and um, you know, typical footballs, Benny's been posting some challenges and some leaderboards and, things like that to make them compete with each other and keep them going. That, that's where their focus is at the moment. 
uh, yeah, the question, Brownie, for the for the elite development kids, those Black Rabbit scores, uh, their months, their monthly nights are going ahead as normal at the moment. But you know, they're pretty much done via Zoom, and it's all football education stuff, mate. It, it's all looking at, uh, I guess, what we can do, what we were going to do on the field with those boys on those nights. We're uh, we're trying to do that obviously remotely at the moment. What about recruitment, um, uh, Joe? It's probably one of the most challenging times for recruitment uh, in the past 12 months. Like you, New South Wales competitions have been on hold a fair bit last year, this year, not getting a lot of footy. Do Queensland uh, um, development teams have a little bit of an advantage at the moment? You've got a lot more tape on them, get a chance to – they're obviously getting a chance to develop in real game-time situations as opposed to the, the boys down south here. Yeah, look, there's, there's – Chaps, there's probably been enough footy to keep an eye on. Um, so, you know, if, if a player is coming across our table, um, you know, we, we were lucky enough to get through. Obviously, the whole whole SG ball season got played. So there's obviously, if they're a 19-year-old going into flag, you know, they've at least got some SG ball footage to show us. Uh, if they're a flag or cupper that's kind of chasing a, a senior contract, there's at least been 12 games uh, in those competitions played as well. So compared to 12 months earlier, where really we had no footage to go off. You know, we, there were a few boys, I guess, that we took some cracks on for the 21 season this year, and we really were going off 2019 footage for them because there was only the one game of uh, flag and cut played last year and very little ball and that. So, look, I think it's definitely an advantage for Queensland at the moment. The Intrust Super Cup, um, well, it is what it is. You know, outside the, the National Rugby League, the, the Queensland Cup's the highest level of football being played in the country at the moment. So... Yeah, that's obviously a great benefit for, for those boys trying to push for top 30 spots somewhere. But uh, look, it's, it's, it's all systems as go there as usual. So um, if anything, it's probably gone up another level. Chat. So, uh, <laughs> we're right. filled, yeah, we're filling a fair few phone calls and emails from, you know, young men that, you know, they're obviously, they're starting to think about 2022 already. Um, you know, they're a bit worried. They want to know where they, where they are at in 22 and what opportunities are available. So, um, look, we always do our homework. If an email or um, footage or something comes through, we I take it to our recruitment and retention panel uh, of obviously, um, you know, Jason Demetrio, Mark Ellison and myself. And, um, yeah, from there, if anyone really catches our eye, we, we do our homework. Um, it's really hard. It's not. I don't find Zoom personal. So uh, across the last couple of weeks, uh, I have had to have some meetings with potential players and their families about 2022 uh, because – you know, if you, if you wait till the lockdown comes out, maybe they go to another club or they sign somewhere else. So mm. the best thing you can do is pretty much what we'd usually do over a coffee with the family and their player manager and, and the young player. And we've been trying to do that over Zoom, which which is hard because it takes the personalised side out of it. But, um, you know, that stuff's all as systems as go, chaps. So our SG ball squad's done uh, for 2022. So we're, we're full in that age group at the moment. I'm, I'm quite excited about uh, that team, I, I actually think on paper and depth-wise, it's better than our 2021 SG Bulls squad. So, okay. um, yeah, it's a, that's a pretty big call based on the team that we had this year. Um, with our Harold Matthews Cup, uh, we've got obviously four or five boys from this year's team that are a year young. They'll roll over into the group. Um, we've been quite uh, particular with wanting to bring in four or five external boys into that group that, that are playing representative level, a decent decent spot. But but again, as I always say, if there's a local that's better in that position, um, we go for the local kids. So, um, yeah, we've gone and got a few external boys. I'm excited about a few of them. We'll announce them in the next few months uh, that I think will make a big difference to our Maddies next year. Um, and then obviously, the, probably the biggest thing that's hurt us there was the Junior Bunnies games got canned. Um, so I was really excited about 
Uh, our under-16 and under-15 junior bunnies uh, were meant to play the Bulldogs, Cronulla and Belmain during the school holidays uh, that just went by. The, the, the South Juniors had finally, um, they, you know, they, they'd finally got their junior bunnies program back up for the year after it being cancelled last year. And that was going to be a really big part of our recruitment and looking at Maddie's for next year. Um, so unfortunately, look, we've, we've lost those games. So we'll, we'll probably definitely run an open trial like we did last year. Uh, for the Harold Matthews Cup. And all I can promise those junior bunnies kids at the moment is that they're all a walk-up start. They're invited to that open trial uh, this year. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll try to pick a Harold Matts team from there. Uh, jersey flag, that's looking pretty good as well. We had a lot of, we've, we've got a pretty young jersey flag, as you know, this year. So there's only probably eight or nine 21-year-olds that are graduating out of that group. So even there, I think we're sitting at about 27, 28 boys contracted out of a 32-man squad at the moment as well. So... Um, when we talk about recruitment, not in a bad spot at the moment. As I said, there's just probably a handful of Jersey flag guys to go. Um, and the, the other big ones, obviously, uh, our Harold Matthews open trial, which we'll, we'll do in September when hopefully, um, you know, we're allowed to. Yeah, Joe, you just mentioned uh, the Harold Matthews. You've got a couple of boys that are going to be playing their second year Harold Matthews. Is that similar to the Estuary Ball squad as well? Got a couple of second year Estuary Ball boys? Yeah, so there's there's at least nine boys from that loss to the Illawarra uh, Steelers. Um, so there's nine boys that played in that that semi-final that are eligible again for SG Ball uh, next year. Uh, obviously, look, Davey, Davey Mawali and Terrell Kalokalo are, are actually, funnily enough, eligible. They won't play SG Ball, obviously. They've kind of skipped that. But we've still got a good group of, like I said, eight or nine um, uh, boys that are 18 turning 19. Uh, going into that group. We've got some really exciting... I know the Harold Matthews team on paper didn't, didn't you know, tick a lot of boxes in regards to uh, wins, but there were some exciting talents that come out of that group. So obviously guys like Tyron Munro and Aaron Macy and Nathaniel Gallo and Ash and Sini and some kids we're really excited about, they're going to come up a year young mm. into that SG ball team as well. Uh, and then on top of that, we'll make some announcements. Uh, like I said, in the next few months, we've, we've been lucky enough to sign uh, four or five boys. Um, to fill some, some positional areas there. Uh, they'll be top age. They'll be 19, Brownie, uh, for our yeah. SG ball team next year. And, uh, you know, two of those boys are actually, uh, I think, a big chance of making the Australian schoolboys this year. So they're pretty handy, um, you know, uh, guys that are coming into that group. So uh, I think when we had a bit of a, a chat earlier in the year, it's not about winning premierships, but we do want to be a program that, you know, year in, year out is competitive uh, in those competitions and stop depending on just one, good year of crop of cattle to come through every four or five years. We, we want to get to a point where, you know, Maddie's ball flag, they're a top four, top six team in all three grades every year. Um, and I, I think we're building towards that for 2022. Oh, Joe, I just want to touch on, you mentioned Davey there and a couple of the stars of the pathway. So Davey appeared on the extended bench for first grade. And so how close is he to making an appearance? And then also, can you mention, well, we had him on as well, Talis Duncan, he was very popular episode for us and a couple of the other boys like Pete Mamazoulis and Taffy that have actually made that transition. Yeah, look, we're really excited about some of those things at the moment. Uh, I mean, if you have a look at our current uh, development contracted players, so as you guys know, there's a top 30 and you're allowed to, each NRL club's now to have, allowed to have four, what they call full-time development contracts. Um, you know, if you have a look at ours from this year, you know, Taff was on one, he's gone into the NRL, Mamazoulis has gone, you know, off a development contract play in the NRL. I don't think Lachlan Ilias is far off uh, that mark. And, and obviously, Davey Mowali. So when you look at our four current rookie contracts, 
you know, two have already played in the NRL. And I think probably the, the biggest issue for probably Davey and Lockie is New South Wales Cup being cancelled. Mm. I think if Davey and Lockie had maybe been able to string another probably month, four to six weeks uh, of, of Cup, um, that, then, you know, they probably would have been able to go into those spots as well. So what, what the exciting thing about that is I don't look at those four spots and think we've wasted one of those spots at the moment. Um, I think some clubs, they're a bit of a hit and miss those rookie contracts. They're, they're yeah, the four aces in your, your pack of cards and you've got to use them wisely. And uh, from a recruitment stance, I don't look at those four spots at the moment. I think we've wasted one. You know, as I said, two have played in the NRL. The other two, I think it's, 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 it's when, not if they play NRL. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we look at the next crop coming through uh, on development contracts next year. We've, we've filled three of those four contracts at the moment. Uh, so obviously Josiah Carapani, um, you know, is one of those that, that, that will be going into that, that, that spot next year. Lockie Gale still has another year to go uh, on contract. So the last year of his contract is, is actually full time. So obviously Lockie's focus at the moment is to, to make sure he can give that full time opportunity the best crack he can. I know he's had a couple of bad years injury wise. Yeah. But, um, you know, when that contract was done, he, he was the best front rower from his, for his age in the country uh, at the time. So, um, and then there's a couple other guys that will be announcing into those last couple of dev spots, um, you know, in the, in the next couple of, week, couple of months. So well, I definitely don't think we've wasted any of those spots at the moment. I'm quite excited about that group. Um, I think the big thing is that, you know, I, I had to do a thing for the Telegraph today. They were asking you know, what we're trying to do in pathways at the moment. What we're trying to do in pathways at the moment, guys, is you don't need to rebuild. I think any club that says they have to go through a re- rebuilding phase is a club that's not planning four or five years ahead of the time. And that, that's really what we're trying to do at the moment. Uh, people keep talking about our premiership window at the moment and that, that premiership window will shut soon. Well, m- my pushback to that is, you know, why does it have to shut? Um, you know, I don't think that you look at the Melbourne Storm for the last 15 years, I don't think they've ever gone through a rebuilding phase. Yeah. And I don't think you've ever heard. I don't think you've ever heard it come from their system that um, uh, they, you know, their premiership window is shut. And, and and I definitely don't think that that can be the case. But what it does mean is you've got to really be planning four or five years ahead. And I think you know you watch what Taff again did last night, Memazulis, what Davey, Tallis, all those boys have been doing. If we keep if we keep these boys in our system and keep doing them well, and and then in four or five years' time, you know, stretch Keon. Cam Murray, they're coming into their late 20s. And why can't we have a premiership window, you know, still there in four or five years' time? And then the cycle starts again. And I think the best uh, quote I heard on the weekend was Phil Gould, you know, as much as you love to hate Gus, he does, you know, knows what he's talking about. And he's starting that job at Canterbury. And as he said, you know, the problem with Canterbury at the moment is they want to get to chapter 11 of the book. And and you can't. You've got to go back to the beginning. Um, and, And we're trying to make sure we don't have to go back to the beginning at any stage. Mm. You know, we've got a pretty good system going there at the moment. It's exciting what we're doing. And that's the easiest, that, that's, that's the easiest way for me to describe. And people talk to me about those boys that you just mentioned, Steve-O, um, you know, then it, it's to make sure that uh, that premiership window is there every year. So our supporters, you know, you don't want to have a premiership and then for the next 10 years be a bottom 14. Yeah. Mm. You want to turn up every year, a genuine, a genuine crack at the title. Mm. Just, well, just uh, I think, I don't think we're going to be going through any rebuilding anytime soon by the sounds of that. But do you mind if I say, I think the Roosters are in a rebuilding period at the moment. <laughs> so we're allowed to say that here on Rabbitohs Radio. They are rebuilding. Yeah. Joe, oh, Joe, it, it, it is t- name me, name me. Honestly, other than Melbourne, you know, I, I don't think there's, um, I mean, we obviously had a bit of a down period. Um, you know, Madge's last couple of years, um, you know, where after we won the comp, we, we lost a few players. 
I wouldn't say we rebuilt, but we definitely had to start again a little bit there. Mm. Um, you know, Penrith's obviously doing what they're doing now. That that didn't happen overnight. That took them. You know, remember where Penrith was five, six years ago. Um, if you if you have a look at it, uh, other than Melbourne, is there's not and even the Roosters. I think people forget under Robbo's um, reign, they had a wooden spoon year. Uh, there are only a handful of years ago as well. So it is really, really difficult to maintain that momentum year after year being a, being a finalist. It's hard to listen to the mainstream media. They talk about the great clubs and the organisation. They always mention the Melbournes and the Roosters, but they never seem to mention South. I don't think, I think they sort of been, we've been overlooked a little bit, the fact that we've been able to get to prelim, three prelim finals three years in a row and, and touch wood, but we're heading for another one. Um, well, there was a great there was a great stat, um, you know, chaps I saw the other day where if they have a look at the competition ladder from 2010 to 2019, uh, I can't remember where I read it, um, we're in the top four, you mm. know, so they, they put a bit of a competition ladder together with everyone's competition points over the last decade. Um, and, you know, we're, we're over a 10 year period, we're a top four club. Um, so, if, you know, for, as, as I said, in, and you've heard Wayne say it a few times, you need a lot of things to go your way to win a premiership. You know, there's, there's a lot of factors that, that come into it at the right time of the year and things like that. And look, the real the realistic of it is you can't win one every single year. That's just the reality of the situation. But I push back at people that say you can't be a regular, you know, top four, top six team every single season. You know, and give yourself a best crack at that premiership. And I really think that's what we're trying to do uh, as a club. And I think under Jason's watch, um, you know, there's no reason why we can't continue to, to, to turn up every year and be considered one of those those top those top four contenders. Speaking of uh, Jason and the coaching staff, uh, Joe, uh, we appointed during the week uh, John Morris, who had a lot to do with the pathways in the junior development at the Sharks. How important is he going to be in, in that role? I think I think Josh, uh, I think Johnny's um, a, a great signing for the club. Um, you know, one thing that uh, I've been really impressed with, and there'll be a few more announcements that come over the next couple of months as JD puts his staff together, as he's trying to put together, um, you know, the best crew he can. You know, there's, um, um, you know, someone once told me a, a long time ago that when you're in a head coach position like that, the best types of people you can put around you are people that are going to challenge you, um, you know, and, and people that, that, that are different to you, you know, and can, and can fill those, those parts of your personality that you miss. And one thing I really love that JD is putting together at the moment is people like, you know, Benny Hornby and, and, and Morris is, um, they're very different to JD. Um, and they've both got aspirations to be NRL head coaches and that doesn't, that doesn't scare JD or rattle him. You know, he, he wants to put those types of people under him because he knows it's going to be great for the organisation. So, uh, look, Jason loves being hands-on with our Pathways program. Um, you know, he's, people are shocked that every month when we have our Black Rabbits come in, Jason's, Jason's with them for a good two hours of every night. I'd love to say he could keep doing that. He, he probably says he's going to keep doing it, but the reality is as a head coach in the NRL, time will be tough. Mm. But I think having people like Johnny Morris and Benny stepping in and maybe sharing the workload on those nights um, is still going to be absolutely great for our pathways coming through. And I find that a, you know, a, a really exciting uh, staff to have that, that all three of those guys are, are more than capable of being NRL coaches. Well, mate, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we, we appreciate you giving us your time and we'll have to get you back on later in again in the season. We'll see where we're at with these pathways. And once we get going again, yeah, well, fingers crossed, guys. As I said, uh, New South Wales Rugby League hasn't given up hope yet. Uh, so uh, health orders uh, go to the 30th at the moment. The plan is if the health orders are, uh, are removed, then they'll give us a week of training. Um, bit of a, a funny pre-season, one week to get the boys you know, moving. And then 
the goal is to hopefully still get uh, another month of footy in and finals. And for the look, especially for our current flag guys, we've had two really interrupted years. I really hope they get that opportunity. Uh, but um, at the same time, Mavo, uh, I'd love to come back on probably in about another month's time. We have some really exciting recruitment news about some of the uh, the prospects uh, that are coming into our uh, squads for 2022. Lock it Good in, Joe. Thanks, mate. You're welcome anytime, Joe, and you're a real asset to us and to the club. Thanks, mate. Cheers, Thank guys. Thanks again for having us, Ape. See you, buddy. Thank you. See you, boys. All right. Well, boys, well, we're in great hands, aren't we, with the likes of Joe O'Callaghan uh, running our, our junior development pathway system. And, and like you just said, the appointment of uh, John Morris from the Sharks, who has dealt with a lot of the young kids that are coming through at the Sharks now. Will Kennedy uh, is one of them. Billy Magoulis. They're all young kids that have come through that pathway system. And, mm. um, you know, I'm really excited to watch how the, the, you know, the, the young kids unfold in years to come. Well, the boys and girls get to, or the Black Rabbits program get to basically get advice off not only JD, but uh, John Morris, Ben Hornby. Uh, it, it's invaluable. It's only going to make them grow off the field, not only off the field, but on the field going forward. So, and it'll just keep filtering through a couple of, couple of nice prospects each year, as he said. Um, we don't want to go through rebuilding phases. We want to just continue to, to churn out some quality, quality footballs going forward. Yeah, I don't think Ben Hornby gets enough recognition for, for what he does, uh, especially uh, at the top level with the first grade side. And, um, you know, I'm pretty sure he, he is the uh, attacking coach. And, you know, all them attacking raids that we do down our left and down our right edges, it's all, you know, coming from the brains of uh, Ben Hornby. Well, he's a premier. A lot of it's the, he's a premiership. Sorry. The hardest player on the both sides came from Ben Hornby, didn't it? That, that started last year. They're yeah. playing on the both sides and, and, and there's no halves that combine better on either the left and the right-hand side of the field in the competition, in my opinion. Well, Joe's, uh, Joe, Ben is a premiership-winning halfback and so is Reno. So we've got some talented people behind the scenes and on the field working there. And with John Morris, like, he's coached a couple of years of first grade. So for JD to bring him in, you know, that's quite humbling for him because... You know, he's bringing in a guy that's actually a first-grade coach, but it's only going to help because JD, it's his first year. He, it's a great insurance policy for him. And just going back to when Joe said that JD comes in and works with the kids, and we had Talos on the show saying, I can't believe it, I go into the Black Rabbitohs, and here's Jason Demetrio doing video with me. And so, yeah, yeah he does get involved with the kids, and, and it is exciting to hear Joe talk about how he wants us to be a top-four team and, Rubbish these people that are saying, oh, this is a year. If once Renault go, this is a year. Next year is a, is a rupture creep. Bullshit. Excuse the French, but I, I think we can be a powerhouse for... <laughs> <laughs> we can be a powerhouse. Settle for, down, settle down, over. I'll buy it up. Anyway, let's go to a break. Let's go to our first... Uh, wait, uh, just, just one thing, and I've seen a smile on your face, um, Mavo, when Joe was talking about the great man, Phil Gould. <laughs> yes. He said, oh, we all love to hate Gus, and oh, he's probably a good guy, you know, but anyway, <laughs> good luck at... Good luck at the doggies. No. Hey, uh, the doggies only got him for one reason, mate, because he's got one of the smartest brains in rugby league, Phil Gould. Well, they need all the help they can get, don't they? So let's go to our first break here on Rabbitohs Radio. They nearly beat us yesterday. They did indeed. So <laughs> Rabbitohs Radio is brought to you by the Juniors Group of Clubs, NG Farrah Real Estate and Export Trade Systems. Let's bring on our segment now, Remembering a Rabbitoh. Brought to you by Export Freight Systems with thanks to Brad Ryder. Chaps, who we got? 
Robert Truck Simpkins. Rabbit O player number 687. Born on the 23rd of May, 1960. He's a country boy, um, Truck. Signed with the Rabbitohs from Glen Innes. That's um, west of Grafton up there, not too far from the border of Queensland. Oh, yeah. And Simpkins played New South Wales schoolboys with legendary Snorky Peter Sterling in 1977 when he was playing for Emmerville, which is just a, a suburb just outside of Glen Ellen, Innes. Yeah, right. When he, that was just when, and, and when he left school, Jack Gibson brought him down to play in the South Junior ranks. And he played for Mascot Boys. I spoke to Greg Evans. He said he played with him in yep. the back row for Mascot A grade there. But he didn't... Another he didn't Mascot Boy, much. eh? Yeah, he's another two blues. There's he didn't make Plenty of them that have come out of that two blues team and, and gone on to uh, represent the mighty red and green. North Botany. Anyway. North Botany. <laughs> North Botany United. All right, there you go, Maybe We'll let you get away with that one. Yeah. You're, you're in a room on your own, but don't be surprised if you get crash tackled from the side there. Brandy might come over. <laughs> nah. Now, he made, no, he made no impression down at the South Juniors. So he, he, he ended up chuffing back off to uh, Glen Ellis, where he played with the legendary John Ferguson. Kicker. The Newtown star and, and Canberra Raiders star. He could play. Johnny, good for two tries. Ferguson, they used to call him. Uh, HGN Roy. <laughs> Back in the middle. <laughs> and he was too. Anyway, two, tries, yeah. two tries in that legendary GF, wasn't it? The second one got basically one in the game because they were gone, if you remember right. Yes. That was 87. 87, wasn't it? Yeah. 89. 89. Laurie Daly, did Laurie Daly pass him the ball? Yes, I think so, yeah. And he come back on the inside and he just he just under ducked, the post. Ducked under the tackle and just found the line. He could sniff a try out. Chicka Ferguson, one of the greats of all time, unfortunately. I'm sure he played against Manly when Manly beat him in 87, the last grand final of the cricket ground I was there. I'm sure yes, yeah. Virgo um, played in that one too. I was at that game too. And yeah, we, we that 87, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you were there the week Virgo, before as well. We've been sidetracked there, but Fergo, one of the greats of the game. And um, anyway, his nickname came because he ran the ball as hard as a truck, basically. He was strong as an ox, and we can attest to that because we spoke to Greg Evans. I'll mention him again today. He said they used to go down to Redfern Police Boys Club and use the leg press down there, and all they had was 260 pounds. That was the most weights they had. Anyway, they put that all on, and then they'd get Tug at a stand on top of it, and then he'd do leg presses. So it was about... It was about 300 plus pound, and he used to pump out uh, plenty of sets of those. So, you can imagine how strong this bloke was. I think he said 400 pound, Evo. So, he was, it was just, yeah, superhuman strength. So, he was, he was some tough footballer of the old truck. And his legs were like tree trunks. I remember him. He was only a, he wasn't very tall in stature. He was only a, a small fella and used to run really low to the ground. So, he was very hard to tackle. Yeah, well, Evo said that when when we were talking about his feats of superhuman strength, Evo just grabbed his legs like that and said, you know, legs like tree trunks, exactly like you said, Brownie. So, yeah, he was a, was a tough old rabbit the truck. He played a lot of different positions. Center, he played um, back row, lock forward, played 5-8 um, throughout his career. So he was quite versatile, and I can imagine how hard he would have been to bring down. Now, he played with the Rabbitohs between 81 and 83, Playing 39 first grade games, scoring 12 tries, 
He was also a member of that 1981 Tooth Cup winning team, boys, which we spoke about last week. Yeah, that's how we got him because we mentioned that he was in that side. Yeah, so bit of a legendary uh, win that, the, the old Tooth Cup. Yep, he played uh, 38 reserve grade games and three third grade games. He went over the Evil Empire from 84 to 87. We won't hold that against him. Um, yeah, right. I think, uh, Mavo, you played against him at Henson Park, did you? Yeah, I remember that game because I scored a double, one of my uh, career doubles. Uh, and, yeah, and I played... <laughs> let's bring it back to me. But I do remember that. And that, that's on YouTube, that game. I'll share the highlights on our episode webpage. You might be able to see the truck in action in that. What yeah, year was that, Mavo? 87. Went well that day, Mavo? 87 at Henson Park. <laughs> well, you know. Well, too- I, I, actually, I actually played that day uh, in under-23s and broke my jaw that day and uh, they reeled me out for the rest of the season. Oh, really? Bringing it back you to you? Bringing it back to you, Brownie. All right, that's good. Yeah, I'm going to start, bring, start bringing it back to me. Oh, hold on, I'm happy. Well, back to you. Let's go back to you, chaps. Henson Park. Well, Henson Park, we played in the semi-final there against Cogra. Marcel and Bigra, and we knocked them off. 1994. <laughs> it always had a bit of a bow in it, that ground. You couldn't see the winger on the far side's legs if you were sitting on the, on the right. bench, which I warmed the bench that day too. That's right. <laughs> Kick to the corners. Kick to the corners and go to the pub early, boys. But um, Gold Coast, he had, a, he had a run with the Gold Coast there in 1988 in their inaugural season right through to 1991. He was coached by... The legendary South Sydney um, back rower Bobby McCarthy. He played 71 first grade games for the Gold Coast. Played with the likes of Wally Lewis, Paul Shaw, Chris Close. So he, he played with some pr- pretty good players. I think I don't think they had a big um, opinion of Wally Lewis back then. Um, he didn't turn up to training. He only turned up on game day. So the boys would turn up and with all their work gear on, he'd turn up with a a brand-new Mercedes-Benz. So he, I think he, he turned a few noses up there from what I've been told. That's Lachlan's uncle, eh? <laughs> good, good, good guy, Lachlan. <laughs> well, oh, we've, we've moved past Lachlan. And we work with his um, brother-in-law, Chris Emery, maybe? Yeah, we do. The bu- great bucket. And I think uh, the truck Simpkin's son, Ryan, he was born in 1988 and he played... 27 games for the Panthers and 25 for the Titans. So the apple didn't fall far from the tree there. I bet you he's a solid young kid, young Ryan as well. Yeah, he's got two boys. And I do remember Ryan Simpkins, yeah. I think he used to be a utility off the bench for the Titans there. And a bit of a chip off the old block. Both played for the the Gold Coast franchises up there. And these days he lives up at um, Palm Beach, Queensland, and he's a plumber. Yep. So there you go. Beautiful part of the world. Brownie, you like it up that way, don't you? Up the Gold Coast, mate. Yeah, obviously, uh, Simpkins, once he went up to the Gold Coast, he didn't leave. So, mm. yeah, nice part of the world. And that's our home. It's hard mate. to get up there these days. Yeah, you can't go. Well, we and actually, well, Rabbitohs have made it their new home and we've, we're one from one. Let's hope that continues. All right, that was well, a good one there, Chip. Remembering Rabbitoh. Remembering Rabbitoh, Robert Trump. Robert Trump. Robert Trump. Simpkins. Watch what you're saying there. Eh? All right, Brandy, <laughs> let's go into NRL News. NRL News is brought to you by NG Farrah Real Estate. Now, boys, uh, big news 
or speculation, Anthony Milford might be coming to the club. What are your thoughts? Well, I was, I was going to ask Joe about it because we, well, I was going to say who's going to play number seven next year. And yeah, I mean, I, I, we'll wait and see what happens. We are looking for a replacement for Renault. Well, and- we'll, go, we'll go back to that, Mavo, because just before Joe come on, we're going to talk about the number seven role and uh, we got yeah. cut short by, by well, Joe well, coming uh, on. So here's a good opportunity to, to talk right. about it. So Benji, people think, well, look, has Benji got another year in those old legs? Maybe he has. He's having a rest now. He's, I don't know what's going on there too. So that's probably a bit more NRL news. What's happened? Why couldn't he get a, is it a family thing? or why? What's the struggle to get him up there? Let's hope we get him up there because... We need our boy that plays all the roles, Hong Hart Marshall. But that's all reports. It was family related. I spoke to someone yesterday um, involved with the club, and they said, yeah, it's a family issue. Um, does, doesn't want to leave his partner alone and all that sort of stuff. Um, they haven't got any, any help here at the moment. Yeah. There's a few complications there. We'll, we'll leave it at that. That's a problem. Well, he's, had a, he's had a newborn, and that, that you can understand if he doesn't want to uproot his family that's got a newborn baby, that's a huge thing to say. Let's all go and live in a hotel on the Goldie with your new, newborn baby. So I completely understand, but it'd be good if they can sort something out and get him up there, you know, because we probably will need him in the run home. And then back to what we said, the halfback role. Okay, so we mentioned Lockie Ilias, and he's had a bit of a setback because the pathways aren't playing. He's a candidate. And then we can talk about maybe Cody pushing into seven and perhaps young Taffy coming into 5'8", or we can find another 5'8". What are your thoughts, boys? Yeah, well, look, I think uh, in terms of Benji Marshall, I think it's very important that we sign Benji for another year uh, just for the role that he's playing now. Experience uh, for the younger kids coming through. I just don't... um, Obviously, you know, Lachlan Ilias, Blake Taff, uh, young Dean Hawkins... They're all young kids coming through, but are they ready for a full-time role in the number seven role? Mm. Uh, that's why I'm uh, of the opinion that um, I think Anthony Milford will be another good signing as well uh, mm. to fill that role. I don't think Cody is a natural number seven. I like him, you know, playing six uh, where he can just roam around the field, uh, not have the responsibilities of doing all the kicking, uh, but I think, um, you know, one of them kids is going to get an opportunity sooner rather than later. But uh, we're in good stead and uh, we're in a good position with all them uh, boys coming through. I think he's talented enough to jump in the first receiver, Cody. You've seen him do it last night. Oh, definitely. Dogs. On the right-hand side, he jumped in the first receiver and did the flat ball to um, Campbell Graham, who sort of bobbled it and then passed it out to Tane Milne for the try. But he, he, he is at his best when, he, when he's a little bit wider of the ruck, isn't he? Brownie, when he's got those two-on-ones, and there's no one in the game can can, can sum up a, a two-on-one like Cody Walker. He's in sublime form at the moment. Yeah. I, you, don't, you don't want to sort of, you know, rob Peter to pay Paul, so to speak. You want a genuine uh, general, a number seven. I, in my opinion, I reckon Lachlan and Ilias will be ready come round one. Well, I hope you're right, chaps. And if that's the case, um, well, there's probably no need for Milford. But you just don't know what the club's thinking, um, where they're heading. Obviously, you know, uh, a lot of that Milford debate might be hanging on what Benji Marshall does as well. You know, if we don't get Benji Marshall, we get Milford to the club as a backup seven uh, for Lachlan Ilias. Um, You know, young Dean Hawkins, who had an opportunity earlier in the year, I don't think he's signed as yet. 
Mm. I think the Tigers are sniffing around him um, from reports I read, but I, I really hope we take Dean. And um, if, if Benji, if Benji and uh, Milf don't come to us, he'd be someone I'd be certainly hanging on to, and maybe try and get get a veteran number seven somewhere else as a backup. Mate. You've always got to have a, a plan B, C, well, and D in the NRL. One, thing, one thing's for sure: there's going to be more for us to talk about here on the podcast and on Rabbitohs TV in regards to our halfback position. So let's wrap it up with a preview of the Warriors. Oh, just on other players, just on other players, Mavo. Other clubs, Nico Hines. Nico Hines, how, how good's he going? All right, yes. Well, we will get, yes. Well, it's gonna, we'll talk about Nico Hines because the dreaded storm is a juggernaut, like I've said. They're going sensational. They're going to be hard to beat. They put 50 on us. But having said that, if we can keep everyone healthy and play, play the type of footy we know we can play, then we can beat them on our day. Having said that, Pappenhausen's coming back and they're saying, well, how, who's going to play fullback? Because it's unbelievable that they've got two of the best fullbacks in the world. Nico Hines, is, <laughs> Nico Hines is playing like an immortal, and he's only the second best fullback at the club. Okay. Uh, he, he looks—he's probably a good handy recruit for the Cronulla Sharks next year. Nico Hines—he could, could play six or one. Um, he can play in the centre. He can do anything. That kid—he he just looks like a natural player. A bit of power, a bit of vision. But um, it, I don't see him unseating Pappenhausen. You, you got to think back to some of those first four or five games. He was outstanding. Nearly the best player in the comp at the first five games of the year. So I can imagine him jumping straight back into the number one jersey. And, and yeah. unfortunately, Nico might have to jump into 14 or he might not even make the 17 because you've yeah. also got to fit in Harry Grant and hmm. Brandon Smith as a utility. So, I it's mean, an it's an embarrassment of Richard. They brought a bloke out I've never heard of. Jordan Grant, he was 26, made his debut, and he, he fitted in just like any of them. You know? <laughs> just what Melbourne do. It's sickening. It is sickening. And, well, yeah, the, the fact that Nico's going to the Sharks, they, well, the, prior, the priority with him isn't as high, but, you know, he's playing that good. I don't see how you could move him. But, anyway, that's, they will. But like you said, chaps, they will because Pappenhausen is electric and, you know, he's, he's probably the best fullback that we've seen since Billy Slater, which is... Do you think Nico Hines might be one of them players that you take out of that Melbourne system and he doesn't go as good at, at another club? Well, we shall see next year at the Sharks, <laughs> won't we? Anyway, we'll move well, on. Like We're talking to, let's go to the Warriors game, chaps. It's next this Saturday coming, the 3 o'clock game. It's at Sunshine Coast Stadium, and we had all these trips planned to go up there, and that's all been blown out of the water by this dreaded COVID situation, but... It is a big game for us. Now, the Warriors are in 14th place. They've lost 12 games and only won five, where we sit third on our own, having won 14 and lost three. So it's a game we should win. I think we're $1.16 favourites. But like we saw against the Doggies, you can't take anyone lightly. We should have everyone back on board. Well, except for now we lose AJ and we, you know, maybe a couple of here and there. But we get Latrell back. And then that opens the door for one or two others to come in. But... What are your thoughts, boys? We're going up there, and there's a couple of Warriors players that, to look out for. Reese Walsh is exciting. Former Rabbitoh, Bailey Sirenin. And who's that other one you said, Brownie? Adam Fanua Blake, probably arguably one of the best front rowers in the game. Just come back from injury. He's only been back a couple of weeks, and he was outstanding on the weekend uh, for the Warriors. What a player. He's a big boost. Well, they lost two guys earlier. I'm pretty sure it was Tohu Harris and Wade Egan threw their bench right out. And He's out for the season, yeah. Harris. 
Oh, really? Oh, well, there you go. That's, that's a tough loss for them. He played 76 minutes. Adam Fennell Blake in the front row, 357 metres, 123 yeah. pace contact. He was very much like Keon Kalamatangi. And, mate, they actually had the Panthers on the rack at one stage, but just ran out of gas because they didn't have the interchange bench to, to lean on. And the Panthers sort of got in control just before halftime and kept the ascendancy. So I would not be taking this uh, mob lightly. We're coming up against former Rabideau, Bailey Sirinan. And we, we all know what he can do from last year. He was a, it was a great find last year. They've got guys like Cody Nikarima who can, who can open you up at will. Uh, Roger Tuovasa-Shek. Uh, Chad Townsend's uh, another steady influence, and they've just grabbed uh, uh, the big fella from the Broncos, Matt Lodge. So I, I think it's going to be a hell of a contest, boys. It will be, mate. Yeah, definitely. We've certainly got to be on our game. And like you said before, mate, I know we're a dollar, what did you say, a dollar 20 favourites. We're a dollar two favourites on the weekend. And, um, you know, the Bulldogs unsettled us. So we've got to just go out there, uh, play some good field position ball control and just get into the groove and get into the arm wrestle. Um, high completion rate, you know, just a normal standard um, stats that you want to be very good at week in, week out. And we've got to start now because there's only seven games to go to the end of the semifinals. We've got to start to get into our groove and play some good footy. We're going to get a bit more clinical when we get down in that field position and any of the chances we get, we've got to finish them off. We had a few half chances on the on the weekend and didn't come up with any points in particular sewer Adam Reynolds laid it on a platter. He was a little bit more patient there. He scores that try little, little things like that. Um, we've got to go your way when you're playing a, a desperate side like the Warriors. Well, normally we are chaps in, in that area where, you know, we get down to the field and I said a couple of weeks ago on, on the show, we're probably a 90 to hundred percent strike rate when we get in that position of scoring a try. But, yeah, it was just on the weekend. Uh, the Bulldogs, you know, they unsettled us with that up and in defence. And, um, you know, we bombed a couple of opportunities. And, you know, we've got to start to do that week in, week out, be more consistent in that area. And we are just talking about the Storm. I've got two sensational fullbacks. And so it's pretty amazing that this young Reese Walsh has pushed one of the greats, RTS, out of that fullback role. And so they're both still in the team. So we can't be inviting them in because they are a quality team when they're on. So it's going to be a big game. And let's hope we can just keep pushing along, cement our spot in the top four. And there could even be a top two spot on offer if one of either the Storm or Penrith falter along the way on the run home. Yeah, yeah just a credit to RTS because I think he put his hand up uh, to go to the wing because he's not going to be at the club next year. He's, he's off the rugby union uh, just for the development of Reese Walsh and for the club itself. So credit to RTS for putting his hand up and uh, thinking of the club first rather than uh, rather than himself. Yeah, you know, he's a, qual- he's a quality guy, RTS. He used to live in Botany, actually, too. So He did? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Great family. The old man's a good bloke, too. All right, boys, we'll wrap it up there. Good show. We've done it again via Zoom. I think this is uh, the way, the future for us. We can we can do it in the comfort of our own homes and we can get guests on and you can watch it on Rabbitohs TV on our YouTube channel. Please subscribe. Please give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Tell your friends. And we'll be back later in the week with our... We'll talk about the team's lineup on Zoom and we might even have Tane on as well for a little standalone chat as well.
Don't forget the top four podcasts is still going ahead as well, guys. Yeah, that yeah, they did a good show last during the week talking about their best wingers and Shannon Hello and Jezza, they've got a good dynamic as well. It's like the, you know, it's 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 we've got us three and got them those three and you know, hopefully we can actually all get on for maybe a Zoom, the six of us, our heads in a, you know, in a little one-on-one with them. We've got Renault as well. Yes. <laughs> all right. This, before we go, Rabbitohs Radio is brought to you by What If. It's Aussie for travel. See you later. Bye. Up the bunny. There was. <laughs>